welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason, and here we delve into those reasons. If you're American, I know you're mentally preparing to see your family this Thursday at Thanksgiving. Same as me, so Godspeed, I wish you luck. But this week, I'm chatting with UK filmmaker Ian Austin. He is the creative mind behind the Barbatian films. I hope I'm saying that right. You'll hear how he pronounces it in the episode. We talked about why he loves low-budget horror movies, which zombie movies he loves the most, and what he considers to be the most unpleasant horror movie he's ever seen. It's a great episode. So, as always, please take a second to rate and review us wherever you listen, and let's get into my conversation with Ian Austin. Hey, Ian, how are you? I'm great. Yeah, no, it's been a very fun day of doing lots of relaxing things in old England. How about you? Oh, everything's going well. It's still, well, it's 12 p.m. here in New York, <laughs> but yeah, it still feels like the morning because I slept in a little because I'm off this week. So yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Any, anyway, so thank you so much for being here. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So I'm Ian. I direct and write terrible, schlocky, low-budget horror movies in my flat. I work for the NHS and I work very long shifts when I'm off. I just try and do as little as humanly possible. So Nice. So first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? Oh, that's a great question. No, probably horror movies, probably Dawn of the Dead, although I don't find it that scary anymore. <laughs> I guess The Exorcist, probably, because I saw that not too long ago in cinema and that just like... In that sort of environment, it's terrifying. It's so much more terrifying than watching on DVD. It's like so loud. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I was missing from with the one time that I watched it. I need to go watch it in a theater with the yeah, sound. Yeah, because yeah, first time I watched it was on like Amazon Prime, and I thought this is okay. This yeah. is pretty good, but the sheer <laughs> loudness of it is just so loud yeah are you are you gonna go see the the new one yeah yeah, yeah. I, I have no expectations of it being in when near as good but it's a horror moving cinema so it's usually a good experience even if it's <laughs> not great from a quality standpoint so. oh it's always good to have low or no expectations when going into a movie yeah yeah i think especially with the blumhouse like sort of remakes that they're doing like, the Halloween ones were, were great. They were fine. But especially towards the end, it was like, this should have been one movie rather than three. And I think <laughs> yes, this will probably be the same thing where, like, they're stretching a very thin story as far as they can because they make lots of money. So that's the right thing to do. But it's going to be a struggle to sit through three more Exorcist movies, to be honest. Oh, there's going to be three? There's already three planned? I had not heard that. I think so. That's the rumor I've heard. I mean, if they suddenly go, no, there's just one, I'll be very, very happy with that. But I think we I all will. Assume, I would assume that they'll stretch it as far as they can. <laughs> so it'll be one night set over three movies or something like that. So, oh, God. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, so how did you first fall in love with the horror genre? When I was 15, I went to see went around to see one of my mates, and he just put on Evil Dead 2. And I was like, yeah. I remember it vividly. The dog was making lots of noise, so it got moved to another room so we could watch Evil Dead 2. And I watched the movie, and I thought, there is no way I should be watching this, but thank God that I am, because... The blood, the violence, the choreography, the sets, the incredibly cheesy acting. It was just, I watched it and I was like, this is what I want to do. And I haven't quite got there yet, but it's still, God, 23 years later. It's like, I just want to make something like Evil Dead 2. That's it. Everything else is like, whatever, but that's that's the goal. Oh, that's awesome. So we, I will just be upfront. We have extremely polar opposite taste in horror i couldn't i don't think i could ever get through evil dead 2 because the acting was just so bad yeah it's yeah yeah (laughs) but you know to each their own people i know a lot of people who love that kind of horror so yeah (laughs) so why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre um it's just escapism it's like like i always anticipate it like this the Evil Dead movie that they made in 2013 is probably my favorite movie to watch after I've had a bad day at work because you get to see someone have an even worse day and you get to see all this escapism and like the occult and just terrifying camera angles and also lots of things you won't get in real life because when most of us probably won't find an evil book of the dead and then Obviously, if you found it in real life, you wouldn't open it and then read the passages of it, even when things start happening around you. But in horror movies, you get to see these characters do the silliest things possible. You get to see the craziest things you can imagine. And like you just saying, there's such a wide range of horror. Like if you want to watch comedy, you watch horror comedies, horror musicals, horror sci-fi, horror psychological. There's literally no end to the crazy horror stories that very strange humans come up with to entertain people who might be a bit more rational in general, but when they're off the clock, they're just like put on something stupid, loud, with a bunch of silly teenagers if you want to watch a Friday Flames movie. But you've got everything. You've got classics. You've got some of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> and most of them are all reasonably entertaining. So Yeah, that's a great answer. I love it. Yeah, I really, I love the 2013 Evil Dead movie too. Mm, yeah, that's so good. I, I don't get the criticisms towards it. Like, it's not much like Sam Raimi ones, but it's its own thing. It's so good. It's yeah. so good. Did you see Evil Dead Rise? Yep. Did you? What'd you think? I, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've. I've loved every Evil Dead movie and every Evil Dead TV show because they're all so different that they almost seems like it would off if you liked one you wouldn't like the other ones. But I think they're all great and they're all so different and just although they they steal my idea of shoot a horror movie in one location and they did it so much better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what scares you in horror movies today as well as in real life? Oh, I mean, in horror movies, it sounds weird because most of them aren't particularly scary to me anymore, but especially when watching The Exorcist, like the MRI machines were the worst part of the movie for me because I work in the hospital, but to hear those and the loudness of it, Jesus Christ, like, it's terrifying. 
so mostly mostly really loud noises i guess like as i get older any scenes with kids just creep me out like when I mean, kids are being hung to things because teenagers they're dumb they they've made their terrible life choices but like little kids that creeps me out in real life probably taxes and anything to do with financials and growing <laughs> up and stuff like that because i'd rather not have anything to do with them but mainly just i, I guess maybe zombies too like the slow george romero ones because they're easy to take down but there's so there's so many of them that like you know eventually they will actually i suppose the other thing is it follows actually terrifies me because the idea of like a monster that just keeps walking towards you and yeah. you can't do anything it's like it's because even if you figure out a way to get around it it will still eventually come for you and i think i was reading an interview where he said someone said oh what if you went on a plane to another country and he said oh it would just walk until it found you again so like yeah the idea that you would even if you moved around a lot, it eventually it would just track you down anyway. So it's like, that doesn't, that sounds terrifying to me. Like someone who wants to interact with you that much that they go from country to country, which probably says a lot about me as a person that that's what terrifies me. <laughs> Being followed. Yeah, just like someone who just wants to, who would track you down wherever you do. It's like, yeah. nah. there's no hiding. No, exactly. You can't even fake, you can't even get a new identity. They'll just find you anyway. Yeah. Oh. So since you're in the UK, you you guys had the video nasties list for a while. Have you seen all the movies on that? Not all of them, but I'm slowly going through it. Although there's some, I've never seen like Cannibal Holocaust, although someone linked me to a screenplay of it once. And to be honest, that was more than enough to realize i didn't actually want to watch it yeah i mean but we banned stuff like charles playing evil dead and i don't understand how either of them got banned because charles plays i mean first one tries to be a serious horror movie but it's a bit like evil dead 2 some of the acting is so over the top and ridiculous that how could you yeah. take it seriously <laughs> and but i think some of them first down lists like they do get quite excessively violent but I think for me is I've watched one a few years ago called Island of Death, which I think was on there. And that might be the most unpleasant horror movie I've ever seen in my life because the acting's bad, but the horrifying scenes are played very realistically and very matter of fact, which makes them oh, so disturbing to watch. But I think that was my fault because I saw a trailer and I pitched it to some friends as, oh, this is like The Room, but say in Italy in a horror movie, and it's not like The Room at all. So that was my mistake. Oh, did your friends forgive you? Yeah, yeah, they. we've seen worse movies. I mean, the list, like, once you've seen a Serbian movie, like, yeah. oh, God, that movie's just... I, I think everyone should be able to make whatever movies they want, but I will never watch a certain movie ever again. And it's the one movie I will never recommend anyone to watch. <laughs> if I'm asked, I'll just be like, you don't want to watch it. Like, I'm not. And then people think you're recommending it. So like, oh, it's that bad a horror movie. It's terrifying. It's like, no, you just, you won't enjoy it. Like, it's not even that I'm saying it's terrifying. It's just not enjoyable to watch. It's just, I, I literally watched that one and I was in, 
God, a cafe in Wales, and I had a near existential breakdown where I just stared at an onion ring while all friends were just talking, and I just kept thinking about this over moving. I was just holding the onion ring up and going like, oh, my God, what am I doing? Why have I watched this? Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, I've never watched a Serbian film. It's one of those that I don't think I ever will. I have a friend who was really into watching severe horror and he watched it and he was like, that was great. I don't really think he thought it was great, but yeah, he just told me what it like, what it was about. And I looked at the Wikipedia page and I'm like, I'm good. I don't really need to. I've heard that there's, I think it's a British movie called Threads. That is supposed to be really, really intense. Have you heard of it? I have not, but I would add that one to the list because, you know, if, if it's a somewhat close to this urban movie but made in England, I'm like, well, I mean, you know, I want to know more about it at least. I don't think it's like a Serbian film, but I hear that it's oh, just okay. very traumatic. Oh, okay. Like, I think it's more of an actual movie than a snuff film. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. The Serbian movie is great much as close to snuff movies you can get about yeah. actually being a literal snuff movie. Yeah, there's also a movie uh, called Faces of Death that I don't think is very easy to find. Have you seen it? I, I've heard of it. I, yeah. I heard that apparently some actor in America got a copy of it, thought it was a real snuff movie, and actually sent it to the FBI. And I was like, mm. really? Like, damn. But no, I I read somewhere some of the bits in it, and I'm like, yeah, oh, Go back to your question. When bad things happen to animals in horror movies, I, I, I tune out completely. Yeah. It's like, you know, especially all stories about cannibal holocaust where it's like they actually murdered animals. I'm like, you don't need to do that. Like, yeah. it's, it's just unpleasant to watch. Like, you know. So, yeah, but I, I've never seen Faces of Death because I can't find, I, like, the sequels are on some sort of streaming service but the original isn't and i find that very strange like hmm. why would you have those and not this but i i don't know i guess even they don't want to show it so <laughs> so what would you say is your favorite subgenre in horror oh probably zombies just like you know stuff like dawn like all romero ones even Zack Snyder's dawn of the dead even 28 days later which i do classify zombie movies, even though yeah. apparently it's rage monkeys or something. I but generally, zombie movies are just, I don't know, even bad ones are usually entertaining because they have terrible acting. Like the Zombie Flesh Eaters series, where I actually have all five movies and it gets so, so, so bad. Do you have any favorite horror directors? Yeah, I mean, John Carpenter, because basically any horror movie he made up to a certain point was just like brilliant like the Finn prince of darkness mouth of madness which is becoming one of my favorite movies ever i like edgar wright's horror ones because i think he's got a lot of versatility to it other ones george Romero, obviously he's so good wes craven a bit more hit and miss but when he hit it he knocked it out of the park and there's probably other, lots of others I'm forgetting, and I was all terrible for not mentioning later on, but I think just the work of some people in genre, like William Freakin only technically made one with The Exorcist, but it's one of the best movies I've made. So, yeah, those are probably my top ones, but I love going down and just finding new horror directors because there's some 
some amazing like there's this amazing zombie movie called colin i can't remember who made it it's made for like ten thousand or something in wales and it's so low budget and it's so cheaply made but it's just so visceral and it's just uh, definitely recommend if anyone likes weird experimental zombie movies made in wales go find colin it's on some sort of streaming service i think (laughs) okay i'll have to look that up Cool. <laughs> so when we first connected, you said that you write and direct the. Can you tell me the name? Because I don't know how to pronounce it. Well, I I seem to pronounce it differently every time I say it too. But I guess Barbatian is the one I'm going for at the moment. The so Barbatian series, which is about yeah, yeah Chester Zerum is just an <laughs> average guy living an average life until he finds himself the victim of a monstrous entity known as. The Barbatian. Can you tell me some more about where the idea came from for for this and what production was like? I was very, basically during the pandemic in 2020, all I did was work shifts in hospital or just sit at home watching Netflix. And after I finished Tiger King, um, which (laughs) was the thing at the time, I didn't really have much to do. So I thought, you've wanted to make a horror movie for decades you've always found excuses but this is the one time period you can't find an excuse because you have cameras you have fake blood somewhere you have a flat like you can make a found footage movie and i did not actually make a found footage movie which would have been a logical thing to make i made a weird esoteric non-scenical incoherent horror movie where people ask me what it's about and i go it's, it's, it's meant to be kind of like paranormal activity. Um, if paranormal activity is made by someone who didn't actually have any other actors in vicinity and just thought, I'll just act in it myself. And yeah, since then I've made four more, which are all basically the same plot every time. And it's just, it's my attempt to make a British horror series in style like Friday 13th, where each movie gets more and more incoherent. The mythology contradicts the last mythology. And it's actually, the whole thing's inspired by, there's one scene in the movie called Bad Ben 2 where a character explains what's going on for 15 minutes and by the end of it, you're more confused than when you first met this character. And that's basically these movies. The more movies that come out, the more absurd and insanely ridiculous they get to the point where, by my last count, the amount of demonic entities in that flat is probably 50 or 60. And they're all just, yeah, in addition to Bubabachin, like, so reality's been reset three times. Chester's died, like, ten times. He's been replaced by doppelgangers. He went to Wales and tripped over and died, and he's possessed by a demon and then came back. Exactly. It's like, I think writing, writing is probably a stretch because they had very loose scripts, and I was like, I'll figure it out from there. But... <laughs> They are, they're not to be taken seriously. I think people sometimes forget that. They think that I'm being disingenuous when I say you can laugh at them, but I'm not. They're, there's the sort of movies that I wanted to make that me and my friends could laugh at, and somehow they've got a tiny audience on top of that. So I'm happy about that, but God knows why people spend their time watching them sometimes. So. That's awesome. Where can people watch them if they want to go check them out? Various places. So, like, because I'm very, like, someone who's not really bothered by 
piracy because if people want to watch them, they'll watch them. They're free on YouTube if people want to watch them there. If people want to pay me money, they're on the official store for very cheap prices or they can rent them at New Village Video or they can stream them at Indie Nation Network. But, I mean, to be honest, I, as long as people, if people want to watch them on YouTube, that's fine. Like, they're on my official YouTube channel, so uh, with a whopping 13 subscribers. <laughs> Everyone's yeah, so, got to start somewhere. No, I mean, it's fine. And I, I just I just enjoy doing it. And it's a stepping stone to hopefully, I keep asking or keep tweeting but Blumhouse doesn't seem interested in picking up the rights of doing an American remake <laughs> although that would be great I'm, I'm very cheap so they don't have to pay me much money for that but and the sixth one we have some scenes showing America but I, even I'm looking at why I've shot so far I'm thinking my god I'll have to salvage this and Ed Tim um, <laughs> because Jesus Christ dude like it's running it's running thing at this point I think I threatened to do something different twice and then i just thought well i like making movies so i just keep making them i guess well that's awesome i'm glad you've gotten to you know make movies yes. that's great they sound <laughs> fun they sound like they have an audience so that's uh, slight slight audience at least people <laughs> go hey where's the next one occasionally so good I'm, awesome and i'm like oh now i have to actually make it what are you saying <laughs> <laughs> So you also have a podcast, right? Yeah, I I have a podcast with a lot of episodes, and I keep forgetting to actually update. I think there's 200 episodes, but I'm motivated by money now for that. So it's called Friday Night Fright. You can watch season one for – you listen to season one for free, and half that it's a pound a month for – the entire backlog of them, but I don't suspect many people would pay because once they get through the 90-minute first episode about zombie flesh eaters, which basically <laughs> just me watching it and talking about the movie, that's usually the point where most people go, no, I'm done. I can't sit through all of this. But no, it's fun to do. It's just, it's a bit like movies. It was a challenge to think, can I do a podcast? And I did, and it got... More views than I thought. I think it was up to the last I checked, it was like 8,700. Some some episodes get a fair bit of views, and other ones are just like, we don't want to hear your opinion on Batman Returns for the fifth time. Well, that's awesome. So an article came out in 2020 that said that horror movie fans had been handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans. Why do you think that was the case? I mean, we've literally seen worst-case scenarios for situations where people are stuck inside 24 7 we've all seen horror movies about killer viruses and how people react to them like all of george romero movies are about society breaking down and how you cope and deal with that so i think most of us were just thinking we're gonna get a lot of terrible covid horror movies in a few years that we just sit and laugh at so but, i mean for me it was it wasn't easy but i was still because i was working in hospital I was still working every day so I was still around people and the easiest way you get over something like COVID is just be around it so much that you just become not numb to it but you just sort of have to get on with it but also I think mainly it's just we all really wanted those terrible COVID horror movies and we thought someday we'll get them we'll, we'll get those <laughs> terrible zombie movies 
<laughs> what has been your favorite like pandemic horror movie that's come out or horror movie about COVID? Oh, oh, that's a good question, actually. Yeah. Hmm. You know, it's actually strange to give my last time. I can't think of any direct COVID ones I've watched because most of the stuff I enjoy doesn't didn't seem to really deal with it much. I, I guess by default, probably Bubba Batching, just because it it mentions COVID a lot and there's a lot of ridiculous scenes where like I'll just uh, talk absolute nonsense about COVID. Yeah, I should rewatch more because there's a lot out there. I'm sure Shadow has like 15 terrible COVID horror movies. Oh, um, uh, well, they, they have host, so. Oh, yeah, I've never actually seen host. Yeah, that's the one I keep meaning to watch. Is it good? It's so good. Cool, cool. Yeah. Watch it. Watch it at night. You can watch it on your computer screen because it takes place oh, over nice. Zoom. It's so oh, good. Cool. It's, it's only 56 minutes, so. That's genius. I should have done that. My movie's, I think the shortest one is 76, and to be honest, it's stretching that length, to be <laughs> honest. So that's a smart plan, though. Just make the movie, and when it's done, just release it. Don't don't drag it out longer than it has to be. It just it never yeah. works. The idea behind it was that it was the length of a Zoom call. Oh, that's, that's genius. That's smart, yeah. actually. That's yeah. good. <laughs> Are there any horror movies that you won't watch or that you won't watch ever again? I know you mentioned a Serbian film earlier, but are there any others? Island of Death. I mean, I watched, I tried watching it for the podcast again and I just gave up. I mean, I, I don't know. I might watch Skin of Marink again, but I'm not convinced I'll watch that. Uh, because I watched it in a cinema and it, it doesn't work in the cinema. I think it's a bit like you're saying with Host. I think it works better at home because of nature of it maybe zombie flesh eaters too because that was absolutely terrible like just and nothing to do with the first one yeah i think that's it i think most of ones i would give a try again if i catch them on tv but mostly those ones awesome have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie at the cinemas yeah, I mean, like, The Exorcist and Texas Chainsaw Massacre were both just so much better at cinema than on DVD. I really enjoyed Last Night in Soho. I thought that was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I'm still hoping to go to more midnight screenings of horror movies, but generally they're all good. They're mostly good, but none that really stand out. I'm still trying to see the Romero zombie ones at some point in a cinema, but Mostly they're just good experiences, but they're not like the top experience. Although Halloween was quite a good crack when music hit then. <laughs> yeah. So that was good. And Friday 13th was not quite so good at cinema. So. Do you mean the original Halloween or Halloween 2018? Uh, oh, the original one. Like just seeing that in cinema is like this, the shots and composition seem to work a lot better. Whereas Friday 13th was the opposite because it looked so cheap on the big screen. Bless <laughs> them, but... Uh, what has been your favorite horror movie that you've seen so far in 2023? Oh, oh. I mean, it's sort of a tie, a three-way tie. Really enjoyed Scream 6. I thought that's really good. Yeah. Um, Evil Dead Rise was great, but I would probably go with Bo is a Phrase because that was terrifying. 
Oh, I, I love that you found it terrifying. I didn't find it terrifying at all, except for like the conditions that Bo lived in. But yeah. I, I know that there are a lot of people who found it terrifying. Why did you find it terrifying? Oh, no, I was actually, I was going to add a bit to that. Terrifying but funny. Because oh, the, okay. sheer, the sheer absurdity of what was going on. But things like when he, without spoiling people, he, there's that scene where he's in bathroom trying to relax and he looks up. And it goes from like, oh no, that's a nightmare scenario to so ridiculous that you start I start laughing. And especially especially the scene where he gets locked out. And it's just the yeah. how at first it's sort of like, oh, this is relatable, everyone can relate to this, but then it just amps up and gets more and more ridiculous. And it's just so so stupid. Like, but I mean overall as an experience, I thought that was so much fun to watch because of how crazy it got towards the end where like it just seemed that Ariasta was given permission to do whatever he wanted and he just dragged it out as long as he could like there's so many scenes in that movie where logically they would have cut them down but it was just like he made Midsummer. let's just let him do whatever he wants and we'll just <laughs> release it and hope for the best <laughs> Yeah, I saw a screening of it. It was crazy. I think you could say anything about what happens in Bo is Afraid and it wouldn't be a spoiler because nobody, because it's like, there's no rhyme or reason to anything that goes no. on in that movie. So, <laughs> and also people wouldn't believe you. They'd be like, that doesn't really happen. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, like, even, even me, I watched it. I read up, when I watched it, I came back home and I was like, did that actually happen in the movie? So yeah. then I looked up on Wikipedia and Teeth Tropes and I was like, I guess it did, but <laughs> it seems like that's something that I hallucinated because it was so weird and so long. But yeah, that especially that last sort of 20 minutes is just like you're watching someone who <laughs> has too much power to just make whatever he wants to make. <laughs> and he, I, I almost wonder if he just thought, they won't let me do this, but I'll pitch anyway for a laugh. And they kept saying yes, because oh, it's just like, it was just bizarre watching that last 30 minutes of the movie and seeing what he was able to get away with. So I respect that so much. Like, making people pay for that nonsense is brilliant. <laughs> His next movie is probably going to be like 80 minutes long now. Hopefully. <laughs> What horror movie are you looking forward to seeing in the rest of 2023? I am really looking forward to the next Saw movie because those, I don't think, I think a couple of them are pretty good, but generally they're not great. But I think Tobin Bell is Jigsaw. I think it's one of the best like franchise horror performances because how did that guy not get cast in more stuff? He's a really good actor. And it doesn't seem like anyone did anything for a long time. And then they said, oh, you can be in these cheesy horror movies. And the absolute, like, his entire backstory motivation is so dumb. And it's so hilarious and stupid. But he just shows up and he delivers it as well as anyone possibly could. Like, there's one movie where you do a flashback and he's just wearing a backwards baseball cap. And he's meant to be like five, six years younger. And it's so stupid. And he doesn't try to change his voice at all. <laughs> like there's no de-aging. But it's so endearingly naff. So I can't wait because this one's a prequel. And I hope they don't de-age him again. Because it meant to be set 18 years ago. 
or something, and he has aged quite a bit in the meantime. So I hope they just have lots of references to, oh, we're in 2010, it's, or 2008 or whatever. It's just like, oh, we're back we're back here again. It's like, <laughs> everything's normal. So, But yeah, that, that should be a laugh, because although apparently they've said there's some scenes in it which are, even for Saw fans, are going to be quite extreme to watch, that should be an experience. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've only seen saw and spiral but i'm gonna make myself watch all of the ones in the middle because i like not feeling good I don't know. yeah i i don't know why whether it'll be the violence or the writing that puts you off more but it'd probably be a combination of both because it, get it's the really violence bad. yeah i think especially some of the later ones it's literally just what can we do rather than what actually makes sense for the plot and they do get a bit like even for horror standards, it's like, did you really have to do that trap? Like, <laughs> so yeah. But I mean, you you could probably go away with just watching. I think a cut, just two or three, because most of them, the plot advances so minutely that it's not really worth the effort. I have watched a video where a horror YouTuber that I like ranked all of the traps, oh. so I know what all of the traps are, but yeah. I just have not watch them so yeah we'll see are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like yeah i mean i don't think not like but i i i think pieces it's like this i don't know if you've seen it's like this weird 1982 murder mystery slash horror movie and it's so over the top <laughs> and just as seems like a college student basically the cops are like come and join our investigation into the murder of your classmates just you can come you can help out tennis it's like a three minute tennis sequence where they just play tennis for three minutes for no reason there's a famous tennis player slash cop goes uncover a college as a teacher and everyone just goes with it the central mystery is who is the murderer but the time scale of the movie makes it clear that it can be two options straight away <laughs> They keep having students as like suspects, but they're too young to actually be the murderer. So okay, it's the one where they find like body parts. Yeah, yeah, okay. no, definitely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I think it's been on my watch list for a while. But yeah, that it's not exactly my cup of tea, but maybe someday no. I will. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's it's very excessive, but the the stupidity of it and terrible dubbing can make it hilarious in the right circumstances but yeah it's that one's quite quite criticized on very valid fronts but it, it just cracks me up it's so stupid <laughs> if you could remake one horror movie which one would it be probably friday 13th jason takes manhattan because i think scream six did much better job actually having a horror movie set in new york and the idea of like jason just wandering around new york has a lot more room for like comedy and creativity but the movie kind of has him on a ship for most of it and then he wanders around new york and last that he doesn't really do anything and i feel like there's such a much better movie here like something more like jason inspects x where he goes to space and you actually use the environment properly but I don't think they're making Friday 13 for all, so I certainly don't think they'd let me remake one for the <laughs> That's a really interesting answer. I live in Manhattan, so when I saw Scream 6, I was like, that's not Manhattan. 
they did a really bad job using Montreal to look like Manhattan, <laughs> but at least they tried. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, from my experiences in New York, it was, I think it was more like I would prefer, well, I mean, certainly I would actually shoot this um, Jason Tate's Manhattan in New York because yeah. that's obviously taking advantage of it. For screen sits, I think it's more, for me, it's like the fact that it was set in New York rather than like, we're going to have parts outside. So like, if you're making a movie with this environment, one shoot in New York, if you're not going to shoot in New York, at least have it set in a version of New York. But yeah, I'm sure if I, because I haven't been to New York in a few years, I'm sure when I go, I think it's next year, I'm sure I'll wander around and think like, scream sits didn't get any of this right. Yeah. <laughs> so my last question is, if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? Oh, wow. To be honest, probably Chucky, because I I don't think, you know, like, obviously Chucky is homicide and crazy, but I don't think I fall into trap of the usual victims he would go after, because, like, you know, well, in theory, but at least it would be a few good one-liners at, anyway at the start, <laughs> although his rampant sexism would get pretty old after a while, I guess. So, but yeah, I mean, most of the other ones, I, I think... Most of them would just take you out on site. You wouldn't even get a conversation with them. Like, Freddy would be terrible because you'd just be worried that you go to sleep and then he would just, like, take advantage of it. Like, like with Freddy, you couldn't escape him. If he's rounding flat all day, you can't escape him. You go to sleep, he's there, you can't escape him. So you wouldn't get any reprieve for Freddy. So, yeah, probably Chucky, although I'm not sure how long I'd last in that situation. <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for being here do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and your series online yeah luckily rubber batching is such a specific word and if you type it in google you will find one of the many websites i'm on so do you um, want to tell people yeah. how to spell it oh god now you've put me on the spot um okay b-a-r-b-a-t-a-c-h-t-i-a-n i think that should be as close as no, as close as I can get, to be honest. And then, are you on social media anywhere? Yeah, yeah, I'm on. Oh god, I'm on Twitter's Ian makes fins, I think. But those are the only two. I think I'm on Instagram, but I can't remember the username for that <laughs> moment. So, but be honest, I think, and people shouldn't type my real name into Google because they won't find me. They'll find an English politician who I hope at some point doesn't get bombarded with questions of what happened in Bubba Batchin 4, why hasn't that been made? Because <laughs> I think he would get very, very frustrated with those people, although that would be very amusing. So, <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here, and I will see you around on Twitter. Awesome. That's it for this week's episode of Who's There? I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ian Austin and thanks again to Ian for coming on. I'll leave links to his socials and where you can find the Barbachian online in the show notes. If you've gotten this far, let me know on Instagram or Twitter what your favorite zombie horror movie is or what your favorite low-budget horror movie is. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Who's There PC. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at whostherepc at gmail.com. I'll be back next week with BP, who is the creator of Let's Talk Horror. I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. If you're American, stay strong. And until next time, stay scary and never ask who's there.